Welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Florida, New Hampshire music, and Mescal. This is an episode dedicated to the love of two gentlemen here in Austin, Texas, and their love of Mescal. We're talking with Johnny Thompson and Tyler Tadage, the founders and the curators and the up-to-dating guys that have brought us MezcalReviews.com. We met some months ago. We shared our love of mezcal after have having a beautiful Havali vertical tasting some weeks prior. We've kept in touch. We commiserate about the state of mezcal. We celebrate the state of mezcal. And these two gentlemen are prominent voices in this community, and they've managed to assemble a massive list of mezcales for you to try and read about some of those finer tasting notes. In fact, they're so dedicated to quality and posterity and up-to-date, accurate information that Tyler almost didn't want me to put this conversation out because he has changed and grown and been so much more educated in the field of mezcal. He felt like this interview did not represent him. Well, it does. This is a great time. Good laughs, good sips, and nothing but a deep, passionate love for mezcal. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoyed this great chat with Johnny and Tyler, the creators of MezcalReviews.com. Good. I mean, you know, you talk to producers down there and you talk to some of the brand owners who are coming up here to the States and, you know, they're talking about how, how mezcal is really, you know, it's, it's a term that's used for this spirit that is created not completely all throughout Mexico, but you know, in nine States. Yeah. It's pretty big. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it's great. I mean, it's, it's awesome that Oaxaca, you know, has kind of their, you know, heartbeat and their, their finger on the pulse right. of mezcal. But at the same time, you know, you get a lot of different flavors, you get different agaves, you get uh, different like production techniques, yeah. you know, different states and different regions are all doing things differently. So it's, um, I mean, in my mind, it's really, it's, it's non-competitive, right? It's the same spirit, but it's, you know, something from San Luis Potosi is apples and oranges away from something that's, you know, produced in Oaxaca. No, that's a great point. Tyler, do you, do you have a particular state? I mean, do you go to Oaxaca? Not not when traveling, but when you kind of revisit some bottles and some producers. Is there any state that you kind of comes to mind is like really riveting for you? Uh, yeah, Durango, I think. The yeah. stuff. I mean, I've had a few things from there. The first one I tried, I think, was in, I was actually in a bar in Amsterdam. No kidding. Which um, one was it? Do you recall? Uh, Tales and Spirits. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And okay. the guy there is like some, he's like a, um, David Tramp. I like, He's like that a name. Brand good. Rep for uh, Casa Cortez. Okay. And he actually introduced me to Assis from El Agorio. No shit. So it's this crazy connection. In Amsterdam? Like I went there. <laughs> what um, were you doing in Amsterdam, Tom? Uh, well, I flew in a few days before my family got there for a family. Okay. Vacation. It was a family thing, not a like, marijuana you know sabbatical. No. well that too i'm sure well i mean of course <laughs> no we rented a van and like drove across a van Europe, like really <laughs> i was kidding, kidding american uh you know national like the partridge, the partridge yeah. family 
So, so I, yeah, I like flew in a few days early. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, explore Amsterdam. And, uh, it's kind of amazing. I drank a lot of mezcal in Amsterdam, actually. Was there something that you could say describes the flavor of the Durango? But Durango, um, yeah. I haven't had Durango mezcal in a while. It's just, it's very different. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the one I tried was from um, Lagrimas, which is a oh, really, Lagrimas, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're a really cool brand. Um, not yet like, to Texas, I don't think, but they're kind they're of emerging. They're not in America, actually. No, I think they're finally in California. Are they? Yeah, okay. not to argue, but I think oh, awesome. we all get really excited yeah. about the I mean, stuff f- that... Yeah. Probably California. Yeah, it's good news to get everything. Um, yeah, but it's it's exciting because, again, there's the Mezcales de Leyenda. Have you had that one? I have, yeah. Cucumbers uh, and cream cheese? So, so actually, um, the flavor I get is, it's kind of weird, is um, the... Uh, Buttered popcorn jelly bellies. Oh, for many that doesn't ring as a positive thing. Uh, well, first <laughs> of all, you. those things are amazing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's like buttered popcorn plus sugar added. Yeah, it's like it's kettle this, corn. Yeah, that's, there you go. that's corn a more corn? elegant way to put it. Sure. Yeah, real elegant, yeah. like state yeah. fair yeah. elegant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boy Scouts kettle <laughs> corn. What is that? <laughs> no, but it kind of appeals to you. Do you feel like butter? Butter. I mean, you've had it. It's yeah, like buttery. It is yes. buttery for yeah. sure. It's, yeah, it's different. Both in texture so and I've tried flavor. a few different. Nice. Um, I've probably only tried like four different. There's Durango. not even a bunch. You know? Really, it's, it's hard to come by. Really, there aren't many. But no. but yeah, it's a, I'm interested to see what happens to Durango. That's the thing is like a lot of people say like oh there's an agave shortage but there's like so many other places that are going to be. Yeah making agave spirits absolutely i mean you go to san luis potosi that's far east right like you know, almost coastal i mean i don't know my geography as well with mexico uh, let's see something like the map over, over on your wall here, here. <laughs> it's hard to really focus with yeah. that light yeah. shining on it but, none, but nonetheless you're right it's like those regions in france where the wine tastes sure. completely different you know and i think do you think because you're interacting with consumers consumers are the ones that are writing these reviews are the ones that are ecstatic and evangelical about mezcal's category. Do you think that they pay any attention to the fact that Mexico isn't just one big massive state, that it is, is the culmination of all these beautiful, rich cultures, much like America itself? Do you think that they even get that, that there are those different states? I certainly hope so. And I think that mezcal, probably more than tequila, is starting to open people's eyes to that if, if it wasn't open yeah. already, right? Because you can you know, go in and it's something that you actually do pay attention to because the production styles are so different, the agave yeah. is so different, the flavor is so different. Absolutely. The, the thing is, though, it, like, it's not called Oaxaca. It's called, like, tequila. It's, oh, right, tequila right. town. tequila for yeah. a reason. Right. Which is, like, that's what's weird, I think, about the Mezcal Dio is it's, like, like, Dio's in uh, Europe are very specific to a region sure. and, like, tradition, whereas, like, the Mezcal one is, like, so far-reaching. Yeah. It's not really, like necessarily like catering to that region oh that's interesting and like i don't know a ton about the new rules but the whole like ancestral versus like oh that's right the production it's like kind of like bending what like is actually traditional for certain regions and it i don't know i know there's controversy around it i don't know it's an interesting thing i yeah i didn't even i completely forgot that particular facet to it where it's like not only do you have a mascal that's made in let's say most of these are Oaxaca, but the one that San Luis Potosi, for instance. Like, and then how are you making it in the other state? It does kind of make the category of mezcal a little more complex, but in a way, kind of more artful, right? It's like, yeah, you're making this amazing thing, but how are you making it? Like the right. old people did, <laughs> yeah, new style, all this. So I mean, it's a very interesting thing. But it just goes to say, the mezcal as a category is very rich, 
In fact, it's been a conversation starter for us probably for months now. Mescal itself is like the perfect matchmaker. Yeah, I'd love to hear about how you like stumbled onto the site. <laughs> that Well, that's an interesting thing. There's this whole gray market thing. So there's a massive demand for whiskey. And I'll say this real briefly. People need the pet. We were talking about downstairs just a moment ago. Pappy Van Winkles, they want those things, right? But they can't get them at a retail store. And so with Mezcal, it's not that necessarily you can't get it in a retail store. It's that it's just not, simply it's not available there. So then you have to kind of reach out to some other states that have very lenient shipping rules and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) We're all in that same boat together. That's right. We're bootlegging. I mean, it's like kind of bootlegging in a nice, very modern, kind of (laughs) very, very uh, sophisticated way. (laughs) Technology brings us together to drink. And this is something I really appreciate about the site. But I was researching some bottles that had not yet. Research. Made it into nice. yeah. yeah. Quote that's, I mean, that's what we're doing right now. That's it's right. This research. is research. Yep. Uh, should I go to San Luis Potosí to buy more of this mezcal firsthand or not? This yeah. is really the question. We got to really, really think hard on this. But there's a bottle in California that I was researching because I was like, oh, I don't know what it tastes like. It's not going to be in Texas for some months. Talked to the guy who was making it or bringing it in. Stumbled upon this site. It's like what. You guys have all of these esoteric fucking bottles listed and people are talking intelligently about them. You know, there's a very similar thing that happened in cocktail culture. Bobby Hugel, David Allen, these guys are great masterminds in the cocktail scene. They were just, they had some sights and people stumbled upon them. It's like, how do I make a Manhattan? What tastes good in a Manhattan? What kind of vermouth do you use? What kind of whiskey? Rudimentary conversations now. But you guys are essentially at the forefront of the conversation about Mezcal because it's collaborative and I can say whatever I want. So I stumbled upon it. I was like, holy shit, this is a really brilliant concept. And thus, we had to meet anyway, but we just met anyway. <laughs> it was kind of randomly, actually. Totally right? randomly. <clears throat> yeah. Brought some bottles to the place where you work, Tyler. And yeah. you're like, oh, I run this site. I'm like, you fucking don't. I don't think I mentioned the site. I was just like, uh, give me some mezcal. It's <laughs> like, what is this actually like good mezcal doing in my office? It Important was actually, wasn't it Cinco de Mayo? I think it was a margarita day, right? Yeah, it was like, Cinco de Mayo. Happy like margaritas being made nearby. Yeah. See, but that's where mezcal yeah, becomes yeah. a matchmaker. Like, what? Brings these people together. And everybody's got their story on how they were introduced to mezcal. What brought them there? But before we kind of talk about how mezcal reviews emerged as a site and really the place the place where people can collaborate and talk about their experiences and their tasting notes for mezcal as we sip through this so the the difficult job in addition to understanding your guys's relationship and how your past emerged into this passion for mezcal is how do we navigate through what is ultimately eight balls of mezcal (laughs) (laughs) so how are we doing on this first alma mezcal blend of agave from san luis potosi Twice in clay. You guys finished with your copita yet? Uh, yeah, I can finish. This is uh, yeah, it's really. Tasty. It was a subtle really suggestion. Good. Yeah, because next up on the list we have the Tepestate blend, right? So Vago's got a new blend out. I haven't even seen it in Texas yet, but Aquilino's working with. I don't Tepistate. think it's in Texas. Yeah, it's, you need uh, to uh, increase your rate of research right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. The rate of research. <laughs> mm. You're going to do the honors, Tyler? Um, do you are pouring I'm still trying us? to finish my oh, you're research good. on this. Gotcha. So. I know. I feel like I'm just an enabler right now. I'm completely conducting and making sure we have a tempo here, which is good. 
Because we're sipping through mezcal. Here, I can, I can pour it for you. Oh, well, it's good. Let me rinse them out with some water. Okay. Acolina, to me, is the Lee Marvin of mezcaleros. Yeah, you can read the bottle if you're, mm. if you're keen on that. Thank you. Now, so 15.9% ABV, twice in copper, as Aquilino typically does. Sola, the, uh, excuse me, no, he is in uh, Candelaria. This is a blend I've never tried before. So let's talk history. So Johnny, I've done some research, but the problem is, is much like the name Mike Smith, Johnny Thompson is not a name of which yields a lot of results. There are like thousands well, of Tons of, of results, actually. But. <laughs> <laughs> not the results that one might want. <laughs> is it safe to say are you he was trying to linkedin friend you i think yeah oh, that's right what it yeah, was sure? i saw yes. that request that's, actually keep it professional. <laughs> it's like wait mike g has a last name i thought yeah. it was like simply g was i was waiting until after this interview before i replied <laughs> see if it went all right like, but no so are you a born and bred texas guy no so where I'm, are you reborn i'm from new hampshire originally. new hampshire really yeah no sales tax right uh no sales tax yeah a lot of free staters up there it's that's a, good yeah, it's kind of a wild, wild spot. The the deep south of the far north. Really? It's, yeah, it's an interesting. There are a lot of white people there. Is that fair? Uh, it's like almost completely white people. No yeah. kidding. <laughs> what kinds of things were you doing when you were, let's say, in high school? Were you a sports guy? You a writer, computer guy? Um, I played a lot of music. Um, yeah, because you're a bass player now. I'm right. a bass player now. Yeah. Um, so I played a lot of music. I was a guitarist, uh, piano player back then. I okay. played like trombone, clarinet. I've played all sorts of different instruments throughout my life. But was was that kind of priming you to do that for a living and going to school for music um or was it more of a hobby I it was it was it was more of a hobby i mean it's something that i've always enjoyed it's something that i i certainly still enjoy a great yeah. deal so um yeah i mean it was mostly just like playing in punk rock bands and you know doing like the whole high school thing where you just you know play as loud and as fast as you can and well because you try to get the girls that's mostly what that's it's about. part of yeah. what it is <laughs> so as a a white guy who grew up in salt lake city for much of my formative punk rock years what does one listen to punk rock wise in new hampshire what's something that was really riveting for you something that's pretty influential punk rock wise punk rock wise um we used to cover i mean this is pretty cliche we used to cover a lot of like ramon songs and things like that that's, that's good no, they're, we, pretty, uh, they're around the block there exactly north, right? exactly so. i mean it's pretty you know vanilla vanilla rock and roll <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um so the, i mean we were like you know 14 15 and then we started writing our own stuff at that point and just oh, kind of creating our own music which... did you think about the touring piece to maybe take it outside of the small town in new hampshire uh not at that time no i mean once i got further down the road and started playing with some other um some other ensembles and some other bands in college got like a little bit more serious but never to the point where we like did a full-fledged tour or anything like didn't that. want to sleep on floors that's the worst part of well it. i was still sleeping on floors just, uh, <laughs> not for music purposes from mescal no no it lays you flat but no was the college slash academia journey, was that something that was like really painted out for you? Maybe your parents didn't expect it, but you had to go to college, do the degree thing. Is that for you? Uh, I don't know if it was for me. I mean, I did it. I completed yeah. <laughs> it, you know. Um, In New Hampshire? Uh, no, so I went to uh, Ithaca College, which is actually where I met that's Tyler. That's where Tyler went. Yeah. No shit, that's yeah. crazy. Okay. So we met, uh, what was it, like 2004, I guess? Something like that. The yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we met when we were freshmen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually where Tyler and I met. No um, kidding. Was as undergrads. And then I dropped out temporarily. <laughs> were you, having a, were you yeah. having a crisis or was just a good time to like. What happened? 
uh, on something else. I, I didn't really drop out. I actually just transferred. I, I, oh, okay. I took a semester off, kind of went out west and like hitchhiked around a little bit, um, worked on some organic farms out there, okay. and then uh, went back and finished uh, school at um, Johnson State College in Vermont. Interesting. Yeah. It's weird to me because you guys are really different. So in other words, in some sense, you guys are business partners on this site, right? It is a thing. It is this entity. It will evolve. You'll do more with it. Hopefully have glassware at some point. We talked about that. But yeah. that aside, what what was the thing that really brought you together that you were remaining friends over 10 years later? It was kind of crazy. Um, so after I switched schools, we didn't really talk to each other for several years, like like 10 years probably. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like a flashback, actually. Yeah. Like really? when you were gone, people were like, yeah. what happened to Johnny? They were like, didn't make it. Man. He slept on a floor and he never it. One too many floors. Like, yeah, like, you know, college graduation statistic. I mean, yeah, I'm part of that statistic, like, nah, or not part of it, or I don't nah, know. Anyways, no. Yeah. So it's interesting. So people were asking about your absence as you're yeah. like backpacking, going yeah. to be a victim in hostile part four. Exactly. Right? So our yeah. friend Steve, you know. Yeah, I do yeah. know crazy Steve. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, but it does make me wonder. How do you guys? Yeah. So it was it was pretty crazy. So I had been living in Austin for several years. I'd been here for you know two or three years, what, four years. It, why? Why? I love Austin, of course. Been here seventeen years, but so from Vermont to Austin, why? that trek uh i was just really i was interested in um kind of just warmer weather and, yeah. and warmer people in general that's and, fair. you know that's i find that texas kind of has both of those things sure we're really fat here which in- inherently makes us a lot warmer <laughs> i'm still trying to fatten up but no, it me doesn't too. yeah well let's try it we'll keep, we'll keep doing it to <laughs> we'll, we'll keep working at yeah, it through the part of this interview <laughs> is too, too clean too yeah mean. it's too clean yeah. we'll get some nachos it'll be good yeah we'll do it but so you're in austin and i guess you guys reconnected well so it was kind of crazy yeah so i had been living here tyler messaged me randomly on on facebook and just said hey i'm i'm coming to austin i'm, I'm gonna be living in austin i just got a job there um we haven't talked for a super long time maybe we can hang out and grab a beer no kidding um so i you know, sent him my, my information and then he texted me the day that he moved in and I was like, where do you live? And he's like, oh, I, you know, this is where I live and I live on a super small street and it was the same street that I was living what on. What the hell are so you I was, So I was like, oh, like, that's crazy. Like, where do you live there? And he's like, oh, I live at the courtyard, which is, you know, the name of my complex. I'm like, what? apartment are you in <laughs> and then if we were in your closet yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah basically <laughs> yeah i'm watching you now <laughs> some elaborate joke on you yeah. johnny uh yeah so we ended up in the same building um and yeah we went out got drunk that night and uh yeah now we have a mezcal website together. that's crazy though to some things i think we played disc golf and went to freddy's yeah. See, but that's that a real awesome right. thing to do. Yeah. What yeah. year are we talking when when you moved back to, or excuse me, when Tyler, when you moved to Austin, two thousand uh, tens. What, what year was that? Um, twenty fourteen. Okay, so pretty recently. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a very interesting thing. So, all right, so we've got this backstory, Johnny. You're playing music. You're doing farming. So this this interest in mezcal, this raw material, these people digging things using their hands. This all kind of makes some sense. Not to mention that I've always found that music, rather mezcal, is very musical. It is. This kind of, when you think of your favorite mezcal, what kinds of songs do you think about? What kind of bands do you think? Jazz most. Jazz. Yeah, I get a lot of like experimental jazz out of mezcal. That's incredible. Yeah. The sparkliness of that ride. A lot of like Herbie Hancock, you know, like just like feather on the keys. Fuck. Yeah. Seem perfect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get along. It's great. Uh, <laughs> random fact: I listened to jazz in Germany and drank mezcal. 
No kidding. My sister, and it was awesome. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. brilliant. But so, yeah. all right, all right. So we got New Hampshire. We can understand New Hampshire. It's part of the, really, like, one of the first states in America. I'm not sure that I understand New Hampshire, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just going to assume you do, because I've never been to New Hampshire. I have some limited understanding about sales tax and white people. Sure. For me, that's about it. Okay. No, I Florida. think you got it, actually. That's it, right? Yeah. That's right. And I, you know, people from New Hampshire, that I don't think they have tech. They don't, the internet's not there yet, so I'd really doubt we're going to offend them. Yeah, I don't. They're probably never going to hear this. See? Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So I think you're all right. And I still want to go there because it seems beautiful. In all it fairness. is. Yeah. But Tyler, you grew up in Florida. What? Where? Fucking. I can't pronounce the name of this. It was like Sokojagek or something. So <laughs> What's this city called? Here's what uh, you Googled, but yeah. yeah. I think I'm the only person with that name like on earth. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's good. Literally. No, what? So how is um, growing up in Florida? Well, I grew up in like two places actually. Okay. Yeah. But where? I think my Facebook only has one. Um, yeah, so my parents split up. So I live sure. in uh, Central Florida, just basically a suburb Ooh. of uh, Orlando. Oh, jeez. Just north of Orlando. Maybe I get you more now, knowing that well, you lived in Orlando. And then I lived <laughs> in uh, Central California. Oh, where about? So like Bakersfield? It's like what? two hours. I remember north. Bakersfield. Talking about there? farms and people farming. Bakersfield is very It's agrarian. an interesting place. I mean, it's like kind of a country music hub. and Yeah. Um, it was. So I went to high school there, but I did grade school in, in Florida. No kidding. So your folks split probably what middle school something like that. I was super young. Super young. Yeah, like actually went to like kindergarten in like L.A. And oh then, no kidding. And then that's like when I moved. It's really strange. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the combination of both of those. You lived on both coasts, which actually is something you could brag about. It's kind of nice. Yeah. But for you, what kinds of things were you interested in? Computers. Movies, art, science, what kinds of things were you really uh, stimulated by? Uh, bicycle ramps and oh, yeah. uh, computers, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt, uh, is Matt Ho- yeah, Matt Hoffman, is that, is that what I'm thinking, right? BMX dude? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Did you get into trouble? Were you like a punk kid that was riding no, BMX I just, like, and built stuff? ramps out of like wood and things in my backyard and I don't know. Did you jump off said ramps or did you just yeah. build them because you like yeah. geometry? I'd- Jump off them. Yeah. They were never used. <laughs> <laughs> the best part yeah. is they just yeah. like they're all in a garage somewhere, yeah. just building ramps, pristine ramps. <laughs> the ninety yeah. degree angle you have perfected, <laughs> absolutely perfected. Well, so actually thinking about alcohol at large, right? Mescal beyond which we'll talk about and how this kind of idea formed. But when you think about alcohol in terms of your family, like did you guys drink? together was it a piece of how you guys socialize that's a good question um so my one side of the family is like um doesn't drink at all for like religious reasons which uh which denomination um well they're christian catholics drink a lot and that's why i love them so there's always that all right but for religious reasons one side didn't drink how about the other uh the other is like very into wine like very sophisticated wine yeah you know the california sewers yeah yeah makes sense great wine culture there so your exposure to so i thought that was interesting you know like yeah looking at a giant menu and like picking different ones and pairing them with food and i don't know i thought that was interesting yeah i actually don't really drink wine but no but it's the concept i try to get into it but uh red wine actually doesn't like settle well with me Tell so. me more. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, so my parents, like, into wine, like, I was, you know, when I turned 21, I was, like, 
thought that was cool. And like, whenever I visited them, I was like trying to get into it. And I remember having this like really nice, like surf and turf dinner with my dad. And like, we just like split a bottle of wine. And I like, like after one glass, I like, like went to the bathroom and just like, no kidding. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, um, like me being drunk. It was just like a stomach thing. No kidding. And I've, and I tried it again just to make sure that it wasn't like a fluke. And, same exact thing happened. Just red wine just doesn't... Doesn't take. Yeah. Interesting. I think so, it's good red wine, though, because I remember in college, I definitely drank some... Yeah, as long as it comes wine. in a bag, you can drink yeah, it. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, good. like that. Yeah. Just keep it in your pants. Nice. So, anyway, so I missed that. I missed that whole world of, you but, know, But besides wine, varieties. or obviously besides mezcal, is, is there, are there other liquors that you can drink? Uh, cannot drink? No, can. Like, that actually they don't disrupt your No, I mean, system. as far as I know, red wine's the only thing that oh, that's causes the only thing. a... That's issue. strange. Yeah. So then the same question in terms of academia and college. Ithaca College, what is the allure to that college? And I, I just don't know. What were you pursuing there, Tyler? Degree-wise. The, uh, the physical ed students, maybe? I don't know. That's what you were studying, or that's, you said pursuing? Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. let's talk intellectually. That's more pursuing, pursuing, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about stalking or any of that stuff, right? But no. So intellectually, what drove so you? I, to I was college? doing uh, communications, and I was I was actually really interested in film editing. Oh, really? That's what I thought I was going to do. Yeah. Tell me, somebody. I love film. Obsess about it, especially during Halloween. We we're talking about Hellraiser earlier to compare tasting notes to a mezcal from San Luis Potosi. Again, that's how it makes sense to me. Jazz makes perfect sense. For you, any particular filmmakers that were really influential for you, the way that you saw things, colors, aesthetic, tone? Um, Paul Thomas Anderson of is good. Course. Yeah. What's um, your favorite of his? I know that's hard because you got Magnolia, Boogie Nights. I mean, Boogie Nights is like such a, like, I guess, maybe like crass, explicit film, but like yeah. just as a movie, if it was about any other subject, it would just still be like this classic, right? Amazing, epic movie. Yeah. It's just amazing. It's about like people and and a place and time, and it's right. a great, it's a great movie. So, Drew, it's in a sense, it was something that inspired you to pursue it academically. Maybe not that uh, movie single handedly. I mean, I just... think honest, it's like I was just, I was really into computers. Yeah. And then in high school, if we had a project to do, I would say, can I make a movie about it instead of like writing a paper or no doing a class presentation? Yeah. And so then I just pretty much from my freshman year on, anytime I could do a video instead of a paper or a presentation, I would do that with friends. Oh, that's crazy. So it's a visual learner. Is that fair? Very visual centric yeah. guy. Yeah. And then, you know, like my friends were very social and they would do their thing. And then I would just sit in my room for hours on the weekend and like add sound effects and editing you know transitions and this and that are we talking a second career here maybe in the future tyler to do some editing so do some filmmaking i mean i think that ship has sailed but um (laughs) i mean it's you're getting older jump back into it i have some friends in like la and new york that are successful editors that's amazing but um, still, they worked a lot harder, obviously, and still do it. Well, so. but you're doing well in tech. I mean, yeah. I mean, you've done pretty well. You've worked at some great companies, from my understanding. But here's the cool thing: think about film, right? You think about music. Obviously, those things are very similar in terms of their framing a melody, framing an actor, which is an instrument. These things are foundational to mezcal. And so, whereas it sometimes seems like the journey was 
headed in a whole different direction. The fact you guys met in Austin, lived in a complex, and he was spying on you, Johnny, from your closet, apparently, or some... Right. Era. You're out of toothpaste, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what was the moment where... Because I'm sure you didn't know you wanted to work with Mescal yet, but what was the moment that you're thinking, Johnny, like, I want to work with Tyler on something? Well, I, th- I think the like the idea of the website was out there, and we'd kind of just been like casually discussing it, like not just Tyler and I, but a lot of like our other friends as yeah. well. Um, and Tyler was probably the the one who was most excited about it. So we uh, what was exciting about it for you, Tyler? Well, I mean, I I like working on side projects, but I lose motivation if it's like just myself doing it. I see. So like, kind of, it kind of actually goes back to like high school, like. It was fun working on little movies mm-hmm. with my friends because they actually didn't mind spending their entire weekend doing something like that, mm. you know, instead of, I don't know, watching TV or... Right, so you like the collaboration Drinking part beer or whatever. So, yeah, it's like... Yeah. So, like, as soon as I found somebody that wanted to do, like, a side project and that had the same enthusiasm that I did, then yeah. it was obviously, like, something there's you no need to reason pursue, not right? to, yeah. Well, and it's been a good match since then. I mean, we just have... Like our regular meetings, I'm doing air quotes. Yeah, meetings, you know, this is where, a meeting, mind yeah, you. This yeah, is this market is very research. much a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so to take a brief tangent, this brilliant blend from Aquilino at 50.9% twice in copper. Incredible. Loving this a lot. Now, that's, you know, I've got to say I'm a little biased. I have a bit of a crush on Aquilino as, as a man I crush. I think we all do. Good, yeah. right? Yeah. I mentioned Lee <laughs> yeah, Marvin you're earlier. You're among friends here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There are certain people in history of cinema, especially, that you want to have a drink with. Clint Eastwood in the 70s, that's a guy I wanted to have a drink with. Lee Marvin, whenever, a guy I want to have a drink with. Steve McQueen, a guy I want to have a drink with. Aquilino, luckily, I've had a drink with him. There you go. But I want another one. <laughs> <laughs> so this is brilliant. So what, how do you guys feel about blends on the whole? Well... I would also point out the difference between a blend and an ensemble, right? Yes, that's in a way I was prompting you to be the experts that you are. <laughs> well, I'm not an expert, but I do know that much at least. <laughs> yeah. So um, a blend is a blend of distillates, or correct me if I'm wrong, because sometimes I flip these, but an ensemble is a blend of different species in the ferment. Is that right? Or am I flipping that wrong? The ensembles can be made in different ways from what we've seen. Um, it's also like you know sometimes you don't really know based on the bottle and on right. the the text on the bottle. It's like you know, yeah, you kind of have to dig deeper. Like yeah, that's wasn't the, that what was that Delmagay Espadine Tobala? Oh, oh yeah, that's the, a limited the blend. Yeah. It's only released in yeah. Europe. Yep, I think yep. it's a blend, but it's like amazing. Don't make yeah. me feel bad about not having. And I yeah. believe it's coming back. And. Las Perlas here has their own bottle that is soon to arrive. That yeah, is a blend so of Tepecstatan. I think we forget what it is. But yeah. Yeah. To get jobs there. Yeah. yeah, we need to be there on opening night. To get yeah. the bottle. Yeah. And then- the label's approved. They're ready and set for everything. It's just the Pernod okay. Ricard takeover Excellent. thing. we got to see how that yes. works out. Yeah. But this... Okay, it's a yeah, good thing. How do you, yeah, like how do you yeah. feel about blends in general? Do you have any um, problems it, with that? It's tough to keep track of, to be honest. I mean, <clears> like... I mean, some some brands will like you know, have different percentages. They'll mm. say, you know, like Vago says, oh, this is 29% this, 30% this, so on and so forth. Mm. Others don't necessarily keep that detailed information. Some of them will say, oh, you know, these agave were, you know, cooked together mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. they were cooked separately or they were uh, fermented together. You know, there's like different processes that can be involved with 
the actual, you know, bringing together of those agave. Right. And it's awesome when the brand does have that, when they know that information, and that's great. And we can put that on our site. And I think that people are generally interested in in reading about that and are interested in that process. Yeah. Um, a lot of brands don't have that, where they'll just say, oh, this is, you know, uh, quiche, right. a general, you know, very general Karwinski. This is a quiche and an espadine. And that's kind of all there is to it. Yeah. Um, so I think it kind of depends on the level of detail that you get out of it. What about flavor-wise, Tyler? What do you think about blends? Do you feel like they're able to... Because you're working with, now, obviously, single varietals, as we will try here with these Tobolas in a second from Mescaloteca and Sombra Mezcal. But the level of depth, do you feel like it's much greater with a blend? Can be. I mean, it, I, th- I, think it, I think it all depends on the producer. I mean, there's there's a lot of other... So, like, me- the Mescalero brand, like, yeah. s- the brand, I mean, they just do these kind of, like, one-off releases. Like, I think pretty much all of those are ensembles. Yeah, yeah. Most of them, yeah. Um, and, I mean, definitely some better than others, but, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool to, like, once you get a little more into Mezcal, you can kind of, like, pick apart, like, the flavor journey happening right. there. Yeah. Another thing yeah. about ensembles is, like, we were kind of told that that's like very traditional is like okay a guy would go out onto their property and they would just say okay what is ripe you know and got it maybe they have a ton of different varieties of agave they would grab whatever's ripe and then make mezcal so it's almost more sustainable that way it seems more yeah so like the single varietal thing i think is more of a marketing thing for really like wine people outside of mexico but what i'm actually curious about is like when those mescaleros were doing that, were they actually like, I know these agaves go together, or are they saying, I just know this will make mezcal? Yeah, that's a so great point. I'm sure there's probably yeah. differences between the sure. different mescaleros. I think the ratios and things and how you cook them together, I mean, that's these the intricacies of making Right, because mm-hmm. if you're, if you're um, cooking different agave types in the same pit, you have to layer them differently mm-hmm. based on like density and things like that. So It becomes very, very complex much yeah. like this blend from vago yeah i just finally finished it this it's delicious. great man i mean again you have a man crush on somebody you probably can't <laughs> you probably can do no wrong right you know what i mean it's hard yeah. to say well luckily now what i'm hearing too is the torch is being passed so is it mateo his son yeah, yeah. Uh, so i've seen yeah i, I seen and heard some things which is great yeah though. this is a this is what tradition is it's passing it on to the next generation so perhaps these are some things that his hands have really really been paramount in constructing these flavors i'm not sure yet so as we talk about our journeys and how we actually got introduced to mezcal let's sip bottle number three so this is the sombra tobala the kind richard betts and travis tober here of nickel city in austin this was a gift and I want to share the shit out of this gift. A 1.75 of Tobola. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is a heavy bottle. 50 a year. It's probably this, I mean, this, the biggest bottle of mezcal I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, this <laughs> Aside is, from like a storage vat. I gave you a generous pour, Mike. Hey, thanks. The hostess was <laughs> of the most mezcal. <laughs> of my so own. generous. Yeah. No, but it's your mezcal after all. So, so you, you think about mezcal and it's meant to be shared. All great spirits are meant to be shared. It's communal. Mezcal, drinking it by yourself, I mean, it's great. It's good. But sharing it with you guys, 
This is a brilliant, brilliant occasion. Johnny, you got, I know that's a massive bottle. It seems like you're having a hard time even pouring that in there. We're good. We've got three copitas. <laughs> so let's talk about the meeting, the introduction to mezcal. People don't drink mezcal when they turn 21. Or if they do, well, they drink the rubbish. Yeah, Johnny has some good stories about finding mezcal. And- well, so how did mezcal find you, Johnny? So I originally tried mezcal when I was probably, I think I was like 21 or 22. Mm. Um, I had Monta Alban mezcal, oh, yeah. like most Your 21 host. or 22 Montalban, year olds. Yeah, oh, yeah. Really artisanal, organic. That's a, What very, is that called, that symbol you're yeah. making with your hand? <laughs> really, really. A plus. Hey, oh, I it's the know. Borat symbol. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had that, um, and it, it was kind of a crazy experience, as I'm sure you can imagine. Sure. I you know, ate the yeah. worm. I, yeah. I like crushed a whole bottle of it with one of my buddies. Real quick, have you guys seen Poltergeist 2? This is I've talked about this in an interview just in the past couple of weeks. Not yet, no. Craig T. Nelson drinks a whole bottle of what? mezcal with a worm. Oof. And the worm turns into this crazy thing. Anyway. Amazing. Yeah, so as mezcal fans. Okay. You should watch that. Yeah. But anyway, so you're drinking Montalban. Like yeah, good, so good had had Monta Alban, <laughs> had a uh, pretty awful night with it, as I'm sure anyone who's had sure. Monta Alban can can relate. Yeah. Um Yeah, absolutely like swore away from mezcal for a pretty long time. Um, after I graduated my undergrad, I, uh, I went abroad. I was living in West Africa for three years and got really interested in soda bee, which What's is it? this, uh, dis- uh, it's a distilled palm wine essentially wow. that's made over there. There's uh, only one company, Tambour, which is bringing it into the U S at the moment. Wow. Um, but a really, really interesting spirit that coincidentally tastes a lot like soda bee. So I, I got used to drinking it over there, kind of traditionally just like hanging out in mud huts and with right. like medicine men and doing all that stuff. Do you stuff. have to wear pants a lot when you're living in West Africa? I tried not to. Thank God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's make a trip. I'm the, I'm the retirement plan. You know, <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. There's out. a future for you yeah, over there. That's good. That's really good. Do um, you wear anything? Optional. Okay. Totally optional. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. No, clothes Clothes are preferred. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. Clothes are preferred. Sandals, though. You're, you're good. Um... <laughs> So anyway, yeah, so I, I got really into soda bee over there. And then when I when I moved to Austin, um, I had not tried mezcal uh, since that first, you know, that fateful evening with right. Monta Alban. And I tried it and it just reminded me a lot of soda bee. So I was like, no oh kidding. my gosh. So now so you're amazing. open to it more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so I, I started out like kind of drinking some Alapus, um, really started liking that, tried like all their different varieties, right. um, their different Espadines that they sure. had, just, you know, kind of like tasting some of the ways that like Espadine can tastes so differently i love that concept too right like different little plankas making the same thing yeah different regions all within oaxaca that are creating very different mezcal out of the same agave so that was really like mind opening to me and then i went down to mexico um i guess later on that year and i tried um a cupreata from guerrero down there that just like totally blew my mind it was like nothing else i'd ever tasted before i was just like blown away by the fact that that was mezcal that was the same stuff that i had been tasting up in the states and it was just like so diverse and so weird and funky and awesome yeah so uh yeah i mean once once i got back it was uh you know it's been all messed fire had been ignited yeah a passion if you when you brought a bottle back of that i think right i did lots of things are ignited when you bring a bottle of mezcal back from mexico yeah Tyler, then I I'm curious about the same thing. Did you have those rough nights with Montalban where you're on the floor? No, actually, never. Listening to Bonavere no. or whatever you, you do when you're... <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, I never, I was never like really into tequila or like I really didn't know about mezcal at all. I, I think I'd probably had some like margaritas with mezcal from some cocktail menu. I was like, oh, smoky tequila. It's pretty good. Smoky tequila. Yeah. 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 Um, But no, I mean, Johnny like introduced me to it and it was like, oh, we're just going to like drink straight liquor. Like, okay. <laughs> like obviously it wasn't like shooting it, but it was like yeah. Let's no, I know. I mean, yeah, it's, you know it's it's you know you take your time, you enjoy yourself, and you take little sips. And but I like um, the dynamic here. It feels like he's the one. It's like, dude, you gotta try this thing. Yeah. It's the peer pressure thing. Now, obviously, this all worked out. Yeah, it proves that well, peer pressure in some cases can be. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, we've like, been able to I'm peer pressure really some others as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not into beer or there's really not much I like to drink. So you were honest. looking for your thing, then. I mean. Yeah, and so, yeah, I think you had Alipus, and, like, um, what's cool about that is, like, they have these little pamphlets on the bottle yeah. with, like, oh, a right. picture of the mescalero, and I was, like, and Johnny was explaining it, yeah, these are all, like, the same drink, except from different regions, yeah. but they all taste different, I was, like, that's weird. Like It's, like, different bands covering the same song. Exactly. That's how I feel about it, right? Yeah. Again, to... to bring everything back to music that's always how it makes sense but so yeah so it so started just like super resonate fascinating yeah. like the that whole concept and like all the all the information on the bottle like i'm i'm a very detail oriented so i'm like looking at all like the little yeah details and it's just like wow this is like it's like kind of complicated but like pretty interesting so then yeah after that it's like i walk into a store and like thankfully austin has like a lot of great mezcal yeah but uh, either in a bar or a store and it's just it's kind of overwhelming i mean very yeah, overwhelming. We're very, when you're new it's like oh, yeah what? very lucky gonna, yeah what am i gonna choose yeah and that's kind of where the site came out because it was like oh we have this use case it's like you walk into a store oh, that's a great point yeah. and there's 40 bottles in front of you and you know you know you know that you liked that mezcal that you tried yeah. you know two weeks ago Maybe you remember what it looked like, but you have no idea what to purchase. Or you go into a bar and you're trying to impress yeah. somebody, you know, and it's like... And if you're spending, yeah. I mean, I remember the scales changed a little bit, but if you're spending like $50 on a bottle of liquor, it's like, like right. you know, you can get a pretty, I think, I'm not a whiskey guy, but it seems like... 50 you can bucks get like is a, good. Yeah, you, you get, get a, a good decent bottle, bottle right? Sure. So it's like, if you're spending that kind of money, it's yeah. like... And that was the thing, too, when we, when we first like got into Mezcal, it's like, oh, I could get... You know, at the time we were drinking like, you know, Alipus when we first started and it was, which is still awesome, it's still, like still very oh, much yeah. enjoy, you know, I, I don't mean to put it in that light, but like, um, you know, that's like, you it's know, 40, Pro- 45 bucks, yeah, you know, and I would, I would see stuff on the shelf that would be like 150 and I'm like, why is that one 150 and this one's only 40, right. you know, it looks like it's the same thing. They're both clear. Like, I don't understand, you know, what this is. But even 45, it's like, well, why isn't, where are the $30 ones? Yeah. No, that's a good point. Well, then you get to month. But then you, minutes. but yeah, then yeah. you learn that. <laughs> yeah, you learn exactly. that lesson pretty hard. But yeah. so this makes some sense. So to help cut consumers disambiguate this massive wall of mezcal, you're like, we can, we can help. Yeah, we can help. Let's build a site and let like, and the the whole idea is that like our view is just the same as anybody else's, right? Like we can write a review, you can write a review, sure. anybody else can write a review, you know. Even playing, things. we're not pros, like, right. and we don't expect anybody else's. And if you are, that's awesome. But if you're but not, what is a pro to you guys? What does that even mean? Because mezcal is about community. It's about and just uh, guttural enjoyment of alcohol. I think. Yeah, I mean, just someone who who like has a lot of experience. Got I guess it, is what it. I mean okay. to say. Yeah, versus someone who maybe has had you know a couple sips and yeah. they know what they like. I mean, that's that's all that it comes down to. Yeah, whether or not 
like people are reading reviews like my favorite feature to be honest and like we even said in the beginning like even if like really early on we were putting a lot of hours into it we're like even if nobody else ever uses this like like we're gonna use it constantly like we use it all, like we use it <laughs> yeah. all the time for, like, <laughs> i think i've caught some tyler stores. comments on there maybe <laughs> now and again yeah. well no but even like if i'm somewhere out and about and i'm like looking something up as yeah, a learning I, tool yeah right? it's like, like to, so it's, this yeah. is our even if nobody else is on it it's like, it can yeah. be difficult to remember what you've tasted yeah. as well so it's good to have <laughs> that <laughs> digital catalog yeah. but my favorite <laughs> or thing mad is like, to um, remind you either. true yeah <laughs> you know you try something from a guy a mescalero you like or a town or right. something you're like oh wow like what else is out there like it's kind of hard to pull that information together so like we're we're like providing that you're so. an archivist in a way you're really creating this kind of platform for people so when when did this site officially launch just over a year ago so it was no like kidding. september yeah. 17th i think 2016 i don't know somewhere in there exactly it's either. yeah it's, it's somewhere around there that's yeah we had, a, we had been, a tasting with friends it was fun that's amazing so just over a year later yeah. Do you see adoption growing and usership growing? Big time. It's crazy, actually. Yeah, like our site usage, we like crashed our servers. Uh, no kidding. Several times, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. It's an amazing problem to have. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, we have a lot of uh, a lot of people on there who are using it. Um, a lot of people writing reviews. Yeah. We've kind of, uh, you know, uh, taken on some other like side projects as part of the website, like, you know, building out like a blog, which was not at all part of our original plan, right. which I think has gotten some pretty good feedback. And well, I think that of, people want to hear the voice of the people that are putting this together. Does it make sense? So like I'm going to this place, you've created this safe place where we all can talk about these things that kind of in a way other people don't get. Well, you know yeah, I mean? before mm-hmm. we were like kind of like um, data aggregators, but then we actually like, you know, went to Mexico and started meeting people like you and other yeah. people and talking and learning and, and it changes co- collecting. It, yeah. You know, obviously. Yeah. For <laughs> thankless sure. job. So, yeah. Uh, fucking thankless it's been brutal. job. brutal. Yeah. <laughs> so we're sipping this Tobalan, this Sombra. What's the proof on this guy, Johnny? You get that uh, massive. Sorry if you can't, can't lift it. It's really heavy. Yeah, bottle. that is heavy. <clears throat> uh, this is 45%. Perfect. 90 proof. Yep. What do you guys think of this? It's tasty. And this, Very again, good. this is, we're here, it's a special occasion talking about mezcal. It's a special occasion talking to you both. This was a bottle given as part of a special occasion. 50 different friends and family. Um, no better way to drink this. Yeah, your bottle For, is very big. It is. Hey, thanks, man. Notice it. I appreciate that. <laughs> Where do you guys like to go drink mezcal in Austin? Um... Not that there are a lot of mescalerias, but uh, sure. where do you like to go? We've yeah. been at Lost Perlis recently just because it's new and like oh, yeah. the people yeah. are really friendly. Um, I like uh, Tacoba a lot. Like their mm-hmm. their staff there is just awesome. Um, they also yeah, give mezcal probably fest. the friendliest pours as well. They do mezcal fest every year, which is uh, you know obviously something that has been going for for a while now. Um, and a great opportunity for anybody in Austin to get out just and like try new mezcals. Mezcal. Yeah, brilliant mezcals. It's mezcal awesome. Is. Yeah. yeah. This Saturday now the, the episode may not air before that, but this will be our secret. Right. Yeah. As to not bring That's a bunch true. of traffic to the, <laughs> to the best. But yeah. an amazing event. Yeah. In this past year alone, have you guys seen the response and the adoption and embracing of mezcal growing even? 
I think so, yeah. Um, and I mean, we've been kind of able to like map that out even geographically with oh, some no of the, like the data points that we have on our site, which has been interesting. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've had visitors from over a hundred different countries, uh, you know, get That's on the incredible. site and and you know at least be interested in mezcal. So well, not, and like unrelated to our site, like um, I've been just like pretty much buying every mezcal book there is on Amazon, yeah. and like there's three that have come out this year. Amazing. Emma's and book. Very yeah. excited Before about this yeah. year, there was like one every five years or something. Yeah, exactly. So two have come out this year. There's another one coming out like, like next month. Do you guys fear that with the scarcity of the plants, which ultimately is a problem that yeah. sustainability, hopefully long term, will solve, that the quality of mescalis will somehow diminish? I think there's a lot of brands that are out there doing like really good sustainability programs that will allow for different agave species to really live long. Yeah. Um, Ray Campero, Ray Almanero are two, Oaxaca as well yeah. are, are some brands that really, I mean, there's, there's many, many more, but. Sam Metal, Yeah. Mutual oh, absolutely. Great job absolutely. There. Yeah. Um, you know, they're doing a really great job of keeping these agave species alive and not only keeping them alive, like for, you know, Tepeshtate and Tobala, but also like bringing back some species that you know may have been considered you know dead so to really? speak um you know we saw some of that at, at real monero walking around with graciela um some of the species of agave were things that we had never heard of or things that we didn't know were really being used That's for amazing. mezcal production um and they're basically you know in, in a lot of instances they just got like one plant they had a single plant of like carne agave you know carne. which really? is very meaty obviously yeah. Well, there the, we go. <laughs> the name. yeah um but they're you know letting that go to seed you know rather than you know you can make whatever you know however many bottles out of whatever you have right. from that batch or but you can let it, it go grow. to seed and then you can have several generations of mezcal after that so that's really encouraging i think just for anybody who's interested in mezcal that there really are awesome brands out there that yeah. have really good sustainability programs and purchasing their bottles versus you know purchasing a bottle of something that's yeah uh, not produced in that sense is uh of the utmost importance i think so yeah, yeah there's people like you can tell they're kind of cashing in right now and they're right. like trying to get like there's buying as much as they can and that's like a one-off release there's not a lot of information about like who made right. it where it's from um there's like some that's not like, like very sustainable there's a lot of secrets out there yeah. model. um i've heard about this um i think it's from guerrero like Sakazan or something? Yeah. yeah. Is there a big video, like well, high heard, production value video? No, I've just like, heard there's like a, a collective of mescaleros that own just like a ton of Oh, that's right. And a yeah. ton of agave. Yeah, it like, sounds incredible. That's cool that it's like, like there's six guys, they all bottle under the same label. Right. The only difference is their name. They own the land, they own the agaves. They're all like kind of in it together. Yeah, it's like, amazing. That's a really... A co-op, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're, they're like really playing from, for the future from what I hear, and that's that's really cool. Plus, it's Guerrero. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of mezcal being exported from there. No, yeah. and... and it, yeah, that, that was interesting for sure. It's I've a very never cool tried model. it, but I'm sure it's... I've, I've, had, I've had some of the Moderato, yeah. That's, nice. uh, I forget which producer it was, but it's uh, it's all very, very tasty. It's Cuprayata. Yeah. Very good stuff. This, this small club... Because you think about the worldwide share of mezcal, which I'm sure is less than five percent, whereas tequila just monsters through oh, for the sure. market. You know, yeah. do you guys fear about the club getting bigger? That the band that you loved and we're seeing in small shows is going <laughs> to sell out? Now, this is 
aside from the sustainability issues which we're talking about but just sure just the category itself it's really insular right now and it's really cool it's a beautiful thing but do you guys worry about the future of it i don't i don't necessarily worry about it outside of like the sustainability of it i think like i mean it's it's something that's been happening for hundreds of years something yeah. that's been produced for a really long time um i mean the the, the only worry would be that you know maybe some you know very commercially successful brands might you know put a bad name out there for the name of the mezcal which right. obviously has already happened with my story with uh monster right. alban yeah, <laughs> yeah so, right. um, so i think the worst has already has already been the worst is over <laughs> the worst is over yeah i mean <laughs> it's like, a renaissance now yeah yeah exactly like you get over you know the worm and you get over all this other stuff and you know you end up with some really awesome spirits um both those that are sipped i, I think it's worth noting too like some some other brands that are out there that are doing this for, you know, with more of an aim towards the cocktail industry mm-hmm. um, that have, you know, an equal view towards sustainability and have an equal, um, an equal stake. In, well, I think Sombra is a good mezcal. example, right? I know Richard's mm-hmm. working very heavily on making yeah. his mezcals as zero and as carbon neutral as possible. Sure. They're building bricks out of agave fiber, which That's is an cool. amazing thing because then you can feed that in for heat. Anyway, some, some really, really profound ideas but but you're right i mean there's the stuff for sipping there's stuff for cocktails i mean it spans all the gamuts yeah you think we're going to be able to enjoy some great mezcal for the next five years at least for Definitely. the next five yeah, yeah. um well, it's, it's i don't like, plan on living past at 42 so that's good for me okay yeah <laughs> well <laughs> the, the five-year outlook that's right five years very good. easy very manageable <laughs> i mean earlier we were talking about like other states i think there'll be a lot of other states that are going to kind of like yeah. become a little bigger in terms of exporting. I hope so. It's a great. And then yeah. like we actually saw this agave spirit from India pop up. No kidding. Recently, yeah. Which like I'm very intrigued by because like you know agave is grown other places. Sure. So, like, Thailand, yeah. for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Texas. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, your your front yard, Mike. <laughs> That's right, and the uh, massive cooler of agave americana I have in the kitchen. I don't yeah. think I saw that, but all the huelos there. But yes, you're right. It does. So it's an emerging market. Globally. Yeah, and yeah. you know, people might there'll be some other big thing that will come out. And right. I, I mean, I don't know. You're not too worried about it, are you? You seem not pretty... really. It's also like part of this whole like hipster handmade kind of thing. Yeah, like right. like even if a bigger brand is like buying these big companies like Burt's Bees is right. owned by Clorox or something like that. <laughs> like I'm not, yeah. I'm not seems about joking. right. Yeah. This seems like, very like, clean. Yeah. I think like uh, from what I know, like the brand is still being produced the same way. It just right. happens to be owned by this other entity. Yeah. Well, Del Miguel, so, great example. Yeah, right exactly. Now. So like, yeah. and we have to hope that that's, that that's the case. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I have no reason to believe that it would not be continuing in that same fashion. You know, and people had mixed reactions to that whole, like, purchase in the yeah. community but like well so, so real consumer like the consumers buying those expensive bottles are still going to have that like sharp eye yeah oh yeah i think i'm guessing so be, so talking about the delma gay piece real quick the acquisition they called me and they're like dude do you have any questions i'm like no you guys are committed to quality you need more capital to make more mescal like yes is anything going to change no like we want to assure you that the traditions and the wonderful flavors and the wonderful families that Del Maguey has supported if, over the if years. If you think about it, I'd rather have Del Maguey go approach like this Mescalera or Mescalera in some remote region right. than some company that's just going to swoop in, buy sure. the Mezcal, exploit them. 
exploit yeah. them and then peace out, you know. Yeah. Well, so which happens all the time because they don't have oh, a totally concept does. of like the the greater no, market. Absolutely, yeah. and they they don't have the benefit of technology yeah, or formal education in any of these things. Yeah, so it it is nice for you know Del McGay now is you know plugged into um, different distribution channels, different mm-hmm. marketing channels. I mean, same thing could be said for like Mezcal Union with uh, their partnership with Diageo. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's again it's getting Mezcal out there if you're doing it in a in a sustainable and in a reasonable responsible fashion where you're treating people right and uh you know you're not you know kind of they should send most of it to texas though yeah they should definitely my analysis yeah they should definitely send more to austin texas yeah Yeah, there's severe shortage in austin texas (laughs) a massive shortage (laughs) well so we're gonna we're gonna wrap you know we'll talk a little about creative stuff here in a second but let's we have another tobola from Mescaloteca. Tyler brought this along. This is copper, I think. I don't know for sure, but most of stuff or Mescaloteca stuff is copper. Single varietal, or is this a blend? Uh, single varietal, yeah. Amazing. Chobala. What's the proof on this guy? Or ABV? Uh, 48%. Perfect. Yep. That, what's the distillation? Uh, it looks like it's a copper. Cool. Single distilled. Yeah. Single distilled. Single interesting, yeah. yeah. I feel like really? it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So 48% roughly. And this is when we get to talk about some interesting things. So as we I'm really pour with my right hand, but <laughs> this could go one of at least this is a small bottle. You didn't have the daunting task of lifting a one seven five to yeah. three small little teeny capitas. Yeah, tiny glasses. Like see my arms cups. shaking under the weight of that bottle. <laughs> so let's talk about you guys. This is a question I ask of of all the guests. Um, we'll talk about the future of Mescal Reviews here in a moment, but Johnny, for you, this is a question I really think about. We talk about Aquilino, loving to share a drink with the guy, Lee Marvin, Steve McQueen, some of these classic Hollywood actors for me, anyway. But for you, if you are in any Mescaleria in the world, doesn't matter where, doesn't matter what you're drinking, you're drinking a fine, fine spirit, who would you love to just sit there at the bar and have a drink with and a conversation? I think The Rock. Oh my God, that's a brilliant answer. Yeah, it's got to be The Rock. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. Assuming, I, I mean, I assume that he loves Mezcal because he seems passionate about everything else. So. That's true. I, yeah. Even if he didn't like it, I think I like, could convince him. I like it because you like it. Right. You're really excited about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Baller yeah. season three was great. It was great, and he's he's involved in everything. Like, why wouldn't he be involved in Mezcal? <laughs> if, if he only knew. That yeah. kind of blew my mind. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's amazing. It took a lot to bring him down, too. It would take more than me, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) More than me and more than Mezcal to take that guy down. (laughs) I've rocked. Amazing. Yeah. Tyler, for you, same question. You're at any Mezcaleria in the world, drinking whatever you want, but you want to have a conversation with someone, living or deceased, who would you love to just have a conversation with? Oh, that's tough. It is tough. It can't can't be Johnny. (laughs) I think I actually put the rock down for some, like... I was in some like icebreaker meeting and it was like, what celebrity do you want to meet? So I can't really You're going say with that. The Rock as well? No, I can't. Well, I'm, I've used it before. Oh. oh this is establishing. Okay. Yeah, we got to go, right. go from here. scratch here. No, I need, to, I need to do a new one. <sighs> I bet you Paul Thomas Anderson drinks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he's an interesting guy. I think I saw, I think he was at a screening I was at. Okay. And I, I'm trying to think if he talked or. 
Um, Steph Curry likes mezcal. You can does. You know, sit down with Steph Curry, yeah. right? He has the reigning three-point champ. He does have his own Vago <laughs> label. Like, yeah. that's, For whatever that's, that's worth. Yeah. Not sure if he's legit. <laughs> um, oh, man. I know. It could be anybody. In, in advance. Um, Let's narrow it down to film. Narrow it down to film? Yeah. Director, actor, actress. Uh, I mean, I think Larry David would be hilarious, <laughs> honestly. That would be. He'd be very <laughs> good oh drinking company. God. I wonder what he's like, just like in person. The same, I think. Yeah, which That's would be what I amazing. Think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would be good yeah. drinking company for He'd sure. You'd be like, "Who are you, and why am I wasting my time?" Just, <laughs> just yeah. take care of the but check, it, and the honesty don't, would be great. Like, don't mess with tipping or anything. It'd be, <laughs> no, yeah. it's pretty good. So you got The Rock, and you've got Larry David. Yeah. If that does not sure. indicate the difference in personalities here for two guys running mescalreviews.com, I'm not really sure what does. So let's talk about the future. We're sipping this Tobala, this Mescaloteca, this small bottle. What do you guys think of this? I haven't had a chance to sip it yet. It's really single time in copper, which is crazy. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's incredible. Top, yeah. You know a tasting note that we all know that we never mention: Elmer's glue. That high punch. Meaning that we've all tried it when we were young. Well, we've all smelled that we've had a really good, or or maybe. Oh yeah, definitely never. Yeah. No, I've never eaten them. The paste you probably have. No, I say glue. You're fine, but you probably yeah. You look like a paste kid. Yeah, no need no to deny this. We've, we've all been there. <laughs> what does the future hold for what I consider to be the leading site about Mezcal and non-overly intellectual Mezcal agave information? Because that's what the industry is like, right? You want to dive in. You want to learn about where specific species grow, how long they grow. There's lots of resources. When you talk about the enjoyment of the liquid in the bottle. You guys are providing something that's down to earth and allows people to learn and feel like a community that's not too esoteric or ostentatious. So, what's the future hold for mescalreviews.com? Ostentatious? Yeah. Oh, nice. Good. That's yeah. great. Well I've done. never heard that one, Tyler. That's never in my 17 years. <laughs> it's brand new. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we're just going to keep doing like I guess we've, we should stop doing that that idea to have a quiz before you can access the site. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See how much you know about this. A competency quiz. Yeah, yeah. Or else you get banned. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, bad idea. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll cancel that. Cross that off the list. It's no longer viable. Are you over 5'2"? <laughs> no. <laughs> Out. Blocked. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're just going to keep doing you know, what we've been doing, I mean, uh, like the, the direction of the site for the most part has been dictated by what we're interested in learning it, it about, you know, yeah. as far as content goes. So we're just going to keep going that route, I think, um, and keep developing more of the blog and more of like the bottle side of things. And, and we, we get a lot of emails too from people that are like, that helps as well. Um, a lot of questions. From some, sometimes it's just a random, like, love the site. Yeah. Like, Keep rocking on type of emails. But the questions we get are awesome because that, that does dictate like what we put into oh, some of the content or yeah. like a blog post that we might put up or, right. you know. Sometimes we get like people that are very like critical of something or interested in something sure. and then that kind of like 
makes us like take a second look at our research or like mm-hmm. the information we're providing and it's and we invite all awesome. that feedback like we we definitely yeah. want all of that feedback you right. know i mean we're as we've mentioned you know like we we're learning just along with everybody else you know like this is kind of our journey and we hope right. that everybody else like jumps on the journey and is with it you know and and is going through it with us yeah. um so yeah, I mean, we, we we've been talking about like going to different states uh, in Mexico, like maybe visiting Michoacan and visiting some other producers in some other areas, and kind of getting some blog coverage of some of that. Obviously, getting uh, more bottles on our site. There's just a never-ending supply. Like amazing, there's though. new brands that pop up like every week, so we need to get all of that stuff up there. Yeah. Um. I, I mean. Yeah, on the site, not yeah. in the apartment. Well, well, both are problems. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the virtual, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, both those virtual and those that are are physical in front of us. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, you have to, collecting is kind of like it's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It's like yeah. research. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, but you got to admit, two guys developed a site that people use, they trust, and they learn from, and you guys get bottles as a side thing, right? manufacturers or other producers yeah how's it feel to kind of be industry leading in a category that may many feel might be niche but it's growing you guys are really well positioned in this place does it feel how's it feel are you implying like we get free bottles no i'm not implying anything i oh, said okay. that you were getting I free wish. bottles i thought I you wish. did get free bottles not really no, we no. get we get some but not, See, not even if you bottles, get one, it counts. I mean, even samples is fine. Samples. Yeah, we get samples. Yeah. Do you feel a responsibility, though, <laughs> being at the helm of this? The uh, only real trusted Mezcal reviews. Yeah, I mean, there there is some responsibility, I think, that goes along with it. I mean, and that's why we do, you know, like, I mean, I, th- I think we both have strong opinions about, like, the future, especially as far as sustainability is concerned. Right. Like, that's definitely something that we want to promote. And we, like, even if you look at, like, any of, like, the little niche references that we make in any of our blog posts or anything like that. Like there are like, we, we refer to brands that we, that, that we trust. Yeah. Know? So like, I mean, the site is called men's reviews. It's, it's a content site. Yeah. Like the content is like unopinionated. Then we have our blog, which is obviously yeah. like that's so we, it's individually yeah. Good point. written and yeah. opinionated. Um, but like, it's interesting to see, like we've, we had this one review come in for like this crazy expensive bottle and this guy was like all bummed out that like he spent all this money and like <laughs> yeah like it was expensive no and he like kidding. felt totally burned and like um it was just it was interesting because it was like well if you had like gone on here before you might have like known that or but it's great that he posted it you know it but yeah. also yeah he still contributed so no one else yeah you know makes that same mistake if it yeah. was a mistake you know wow. i mean he clearly thought that it was He's on the front lines taking those bullets for the rest of us yeah to make it seem really bleak. <laughs> yeah, not. I mean, it's also like we're not like uh, sommeliers, but it's kind of like what's what's your overall impression of something? Right. Like it, it's obviously it's not if pretentious. It's I mean it's, it's it, pretty. I think it's fairly easy to determine if is this taste like a, a really bad tequila or right. is there some interesting things going on here? Even if it's like weird and funky and right. like it's like should I try this or not? Should I try it at a bar? Should I buy a bottle? Like you know. Where do I want to yeah. explore? No, and that's where with. that's where the site fits in perfectly. So we've managed to sip through four mezcals. We have talked about the various states. Who you guys would like to meet? It's been a really a pleasure. 
kind of sitting down. We've been trying to do this for fucking months now, it feels like. But the fact I'm getting to sit down here and drink some mezcalis with you guys, you guys are putting in the time, you're putting in the research, and you're helping connect mezcal lovers. It's a hell of a job. So well done on mezcal reviews. Instead, you pay you. My friends. Thank you. Thank you for the Mescaloteca Tobla single distillation in copper. You guys have a good night, yeah? Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Oh, there we have it. The story of both Tyler Tadage and Johnny Thompson and how they met and how they started what is now probably the most comprehensive list of tasting note and bottle pictures and reviews of Mescal on the internet. MescalReviews.com. They've both been good mates. We hang out. We sip new things. We talk about the state of Mescal. And they've also been very, very supportive of Show to V. Lots of love for Mescal and Agave between the three of us. And there was no finer way to sip and talk in chat life than in this beautiful painted green studio on the second floor of this house. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And I hope you venture on to MescalReviews.com. It is not pretentious. It is not verbose. It is a simple way to understand the flavors and the subtleties of certain mezcals and the technical information that accompanies those bottles. So thanks everybody for listening to Show to V with Mike G. Joe Bob Briggs is back tonight on Friday the 13th, hosting 13 movies, I think, on Shudder. I'm super stoked to watch that. So no matter if you're going to watch that marathon or set up a private screening of Puppet Master sometime later this month, please keep thinking.